1: Traditions are hard to break. Traditions bog us down. They're hard to break. We talked about religion before. What are the old habits that you might be holding on to? What transition is God leading you to? What transition is God saying? Drop your old thoughts, drop, stop being resistant to my word and move forward into what I want to show you. A glorious time. Is this transition causing you to doubt? That's okay. It's okay. Just be still, know that He
0: is God, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. As believers, when God calls us to a mission, we often resist His plans and continue to live our old lives. Pastor Dave tells you in today's message how you can stop resisting God's plan and make a change in your life. When you transition from your old life to the one that God wants for you, you will notice a change in your life. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Acts chapter 10 as he continues his message when God's timing is perfect.
1: Are you ever doubtful of what God gives you? Are you ever doubtful about what you read? I want to be sure about what I read. I want to be sure that it's the Lord talking to me. I want to be assured, I want confirmation that it's the Lord talking to me, and I'm following the Lord. I'm not following myself or following some other man. The Lord does a major transition in Peter's thinking and Peter was trying to allow it to happen and to make application of this, but Peter was unsure. Wow, we should be encouraged by this. This should give us real calls for encouragement because we're not the only ones. Some of you called me, and I've talked to you on the phone, and you say, man, I really have a trouble understanding God's Word. Well, join the club. Sometimes His Word is very difficult to understand, and we have to chew on it and meditate it. and Let it deeply, richly grow in us. And deeply, richly be involved in us and let the Holy Spirit speak to us about it. Peter is unsure. But you know what I like about God? God never gives us things all at once. He doesn't say, now I want you to go down the block, turn the corner, go to this person's, knock on the door, I want you to, you know, he doesn't give us those kind of explanations. All through scriptures, he never gave those explanations. He just gives us little things by degrees. Do this, do this, do this, do that, do this, It's scriptural. I can prove it to you. Genesis 12, the Lord spoke to Abram. He says, now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. The Lord said, go to a land that I will show you. Just go. And as you go, I will lead you and I will guide you to that place. The Lord himself would be Abram's guide. The Lord himself showed Abram where to walk, where to step. Peter had a guide too. We have a guide also. It's called the Holy Spirit, folks. And in John 16, verses 13 to 15, Jesus explained to his disciples at the time However, when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit. If Peter was willing, the Holy Spirit would show him what the vision meant, how to apply it, and how to serve the Lord. So many times we're stumped by the meaning of Scripture. We're stumped by what the Lord is timing and what the Lord is doing. When's this going to happen? When's that going to happen? When can I expect this? Lord, are you really calling me? Is it really your voice, Lord? And we get all confused. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Give the Holy Spirit access to your life and allow the Holy Spirit, allow Him to guide you, to lead you into that truth, to open up the Scriptures like they've never been opened before, to show you all things. Open up your heart to Him and give Him total access, allowing Him to be your guide. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Now, Peter had been taught by the rabbis. He's been taught by the Pharisees and other religious leaders that God had made a distinction between clean and unclean. Peter had been taught that there was unclean food and unclean people or unclean nations. But now God was making a transition and the new covenant was in effect. He sent his Holy Spirit to lead his people into all truth. He sent his Holy Spirit to conform people into the image of Jesus. He sent his Holy Spirit to empower believers like you and me to be witnesses for Jesus Christ wherever we went and he was removing the distinction between clean and unclean the distinction that would say whoever calls upon the name of the lord will be saved no longer was it available just to jews it was it available to all traditions are hard to break traditions bog us down. They're hard to break. We talked about religion before. What are the old habits that you might be holding on to? What transition is God leading you to? What transition is God saying, drop your old thoughts, drop, stop being resistant to my word, and move forward into what I want to show you, a glorious time. Is this transition causing you to doubt? That's okay. It's okay. Just be still, know that he is God, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. Allow the Lord to wash you with the water of the word and help you make the application. Hold on tight to the Holy Spirit. Let him be your guide. Let go and let God, remember? God has everything under control, and his timing is extremely perfect. He's extremely perfect. Peter waited upon the Lord. Peter was in deep meditation, but he doubted. But after that came something glorious. In verses 18 to 20, we see the next step confirmation confirmation and they called out and answered whether simon whose surname was peter was lodging there while peter thought about the vision the spirit said to him behold three men are seeking you arise therefore go down and go with them doubting nothing for i have sent them the lord confirms to peter several things number one and first of all the lord indeed confirms that it is him who's talking he confirms that And secondly, since it's the Lord talking, there should be no doubt. If the Lord confirms it, there's no doubt. Once the Lord confirms it, that's it. God's timing was perfect. God's timing is always perfect. Peter, on the rooftop, is perplexed. He's perplexed to the point of doubt, and he's trying to make sense out of this visit. Is it from God, or was it that pepperoni? Peter continued to be in thought, wondering what God was going to, and he continued to meditate upon the vision until the Holy Spirit speaks to him. Really cool. Because the Greek word here for thought, it's a long one, enthome ohahi. It means inspirited or ponder. But to ponder with passion. Ponder with passion. Peter didn't lazily think about it. Ah, when I get to it, I'll think about it. You know, when it comes across my mind, I'll just think about it. No, he passionately sought an answer. Not half-heartedly, not with a selfish motive, but with a passion for God that cannot be quenched. A passion that only God's word can quench. Do you have that passion for the truth? The psalmist, Psalm 42, as the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul thirsts for you, the living God. Is that the way you approach the word of God? Thirsting for God's word. Thirsting with, that only can be quenched by his word. That's what Peter was doing. He was seeking the Lord passionately. There's a descriptor here that's incredible. When you think about it, seeking him passionately, not haphazardly, but passionately. Do you seek the Lord passionately, or do you feel like it's an obligation? Do you seek the Lord with passion in your heart? As Peter's seeking, the Lord clarifies and starts to confirm it through the Holy Spirit. It's exactly the plan it was supposed to be. The Lord's going to show Peter all along the way. As Peter moves forward, the Lord is going to show them. And when we get to Acts 10, verse 39, Peter now has full understanding of the message. He has full understanding of the vision, and he says this in Acts 10, verse 39. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Peter's got it. It's been confirmed. Peter now has it. And he immediately starts to preach the gospel message to Cornelius and Cornelius' household. The gospel message finally comes to the Gentiles. Then it comes in force. God's plan all along is now enacted. The world through him might be saved. The whole world. You see, God knows the service that he has called Peter to. And he's going to prepare Peter directly for that service. Likewise, God knows exactly the service that he has called each of you to, and God will prepare each of you for that service also. We must allow the Holy Spirit to prepare us for that work that the Lord is willing to do. He's called us to do the work. It's his work to do. We rest in him, and he does the work, and he loves to use us. We see the last example here in verses 21 through 23, the last example of these things obedience. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, I am he who you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged them. On the next day, Peter went away with them, and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. Peter saw the vision from the Lord. He heard the voice telling him to kill and eat, and not to call that which the Lord has cleansed as unclean. He meditated upon the vision and the words he heard. He sought meaning to the vision. He pondered the word with passion, longing to know what the Lord was trying to show him. And although he doubted, he continued to ponder and meditate until he heard from the Lord. He would not move until he heard from the Lord. And although he doubted, he continued to ponder and seek. The Holy Spirit confirmed to Peter that men were coming and that he should go with them and seek with them and depart with them, and he should doubt nothing. He should know that the Lord was guiding him one step at a time. God's word is a lamp unto my feet a guide to my path. God's word opens up and I see clearly where I'm supposed to go. Peter's obedience is exemplary. It's exemplary. He greets the men. He lodges them for a night and then proceeds to travel with them to Cornelius' house. Peter never questions the Lord again. He simply moves as the Lord's command. When the Lord asks us to do something or tries to show us something through his word, we wait upon the Lord. We meditate on it. We ponder it with passion. But once the Holy Spirit confirms it, it's time to act. Then you must move. Then you must move. You must be obedient to what the Scriptures are telling you to You must be obedient to what God has called you to do. You see that throughout the entire Scriptures. The Scriptures are filled with men and women who hear the call of God, and it's confirmed by God, and then they are obedient to God's call. Starting all the way back in Genesis 6, verse 22, Noah Answered the law called to build a boat in a place that never rained, but he was obedient to God. It says, "Thus Noah did according to all God commanded him." Abram left the early of the Chaldees with his family and departed because of the word of God, in Genesis twelve four. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Abram took his beloved son Isaac to the mountaintop to sacrifice him to the Lord as the Lord instructed him to. Genesis 22.2, two. So Abraham arose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his men with him and Isaac his son, and he split wood for the burnt offering, and he rose and went to the place which God had told him to go. Joshua, Hezekiah, the apostle Paul, all throughout scriptures, you see men, women being called of God. The confirmation is confirmed, and they walk out in obedience, knowing that God is leading them, God is guiding them. Nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. What is God calling you to do today? His timing is going to be perfect in your life. He's calling you to do something. He's preparing you to do something. He's preparing us collectively as a body, corporately. He's preparing this body for something. We need to be aware of it and look at it. That's why we meet on Sunday nights for prayer. We meet on Sunday night for prayer to determine where we're moving, where we're going, what we're ha- what's happening in this church, to look at the needs of people, to pray for people to pray for things that are so simple that you would think, why would we pray for that? When somebody wants to move an appointment from January to next week and we think, "Well, well, let's pray about it, and then God does it because we prayed about it. There's no other reason why that would happen except that we prayed. You can't convince me otherwise. That's why we meet on Wednesday nights. That's why we meet on Sunday nights for prayer. God's moving mightily in his body, and he wants to do a wonderful work, and he's going to use us, and he's going to show us all these wonderful things, and we need to be ready when he calls. We need to be ready. We need to be rooted and grounded in his word. We need to be so, have our nose so stuck in the word of God that we, it's in our heart. And we just don't know it. We live it. And it's our life, and it's who we are. No longer something we read about. No longer something we're taught about, but it's something that we are. The very essence of God, because that's what he wants us to be. Because whoever receives him, John said in one twelve, he's given the power to become what? Sons and daughters of God. The essence of God in us. That's what he's calling this church to. That's what he's calling us for. That's what he wants to do, and his timing is perfect. Look what happens. Peter's praying. He's looking. He's doing all these things, and guess what? The Holy Spirit says, the guys from Cornelius are here. Go with them. Oh, okay. He lets him into his house again. He's staying at the house of Simon and Tanner, a Gentile who kills animals, by the way. He's staying at a bloody house, and he invites more Gentiles in. What did they talk about? Must That must have been one heck of a meeting that night. I can imagine what they talked about. But Peter invited him into his house. This was blasphemy. This was something that you didn't do as a Jew. You did not do this. It was against everything that he had learned, everything. You have to understand what it's going for. God's timing is perfect. God's timing in our lives is perfect. He's perfect. What was the name of the book? He's never late. He's seldom early, but he's always right on time. Always right on time. Have you prayed for something and you haven't gotten an answer? Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep seeking the Lord with passion. We don't know how long Cornelius had been praying. We have no idea how long Cornelius had been praying to the Lord. All that we know is that his prayers had come up to a memorial before God. That's what it says in Scriptures. We have no idea how many months, years, or whatever Cornelius had been praying to the living God for this answer. We don't know. But well, we do know he didn't give up. God's timing is perfect. In fact, his timing is so perfect that it can be exemplified in what we celebrate this week. God's timing is so perfect that can be exemplified in what we celebrate this week. In in Galatians 4, verses 4 through 5, the Apostle Paul writes, But when the time had fully come, in the fullness of time, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons. What do we celebrate? We're celebrating that verse right here. We're celebrating the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ the righteous. We're celebrating that. We look at this verse and we see God's perfection. And we see it in three different ways. We see his perfect timing. The fullness of time had come. It was time, God said. Now is the time. And the Son was born. We see God's perfect gift. His Son. His Son, Jesus Christ. And we see the perfect purpose of that gift. To redeem those who are under the law. Wow. Wow. The Messiah did come. He became a man and he walked among men. Emmanuel, God is with us. We sang that this morning. But men didn't esteem him. They esteemed him not. The Messiah had to come to do something new. He came in to do something new. He felt our pain. He felt our anguish. He knew loneliness. He knew rejection. He was just like us, but without sin. He sinned not, the Scripture says, He came with a perfect purpose, the redemption of mankind. To achieve that redemption, he had to go to a cross, and he had to willingly lay down his life for all of mankind. The whole purpose of his life would be his death. The whole purpose of the life of Jesus Christ was his death. That's why he came with that purpose, one purpose and one purpose only. In his death would come the redemption of man that man had so longed for since the fall of Adam. He had to become sin to be the perfect sacrifice. He was sinless. He had to become sin so that those who would believe upon him, those who would call upon his name would be called sons of the Most High God. But the death that he took... The burial that he had, even that couldn't hold him. Even that couldn't stop the Son of God. The grave couldn't contain him. The grave couldn't hold him because he rose from the dead on the, on the third day. Just like he preached, he would. Forty days later, he's ascended into heaven, and now he sits at the right hand of God the Father doing what? Making intercessions for us. Making intercessions for us. You don't have to pray to anyone else but Jesus Christ. You don't have to pray to anyone else. There's no one up there in heaven making intercessory for you. The Bible is clear about that. There is no other person. The saints aren't. Mary is not. No other person in heaven is an intercessory except Jesus Christ, and that is scriptural. That's what it says. Only Jesus Christ. But hang over, folks. He said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you to wander around aimlessly in the middle of the world trying to figure out what life is all about. I'm going to give you some help. I'm going to send a comforter. I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And what he's going to do? He's going to come and he's going to dwell with you. He's going to dwell in you. And he's going to come upon you with power to do the work of the ministry that I've called you to do. He's going to give you everything you need for life and godliness. He's going to give you what you want. He's going to give you more of me. And through that Spirit, he's going to lead you into a deeper, more meaningful relationship with God which is what we want. And that's what every heart desires in this room, a deeper and more meaningful relationship with God. We all want that. Spirit's going to lead us into that. He's going to empower us to be witnesses. He's going to empower us to proclaim the gospel, to proclaim the gospel at our homes, to our next-door neighbors, across the street, on the beach, on the boardwalk. This entire land is going to help us to proclaim the gospel in His love, and people are going to be saved. God is doing something new. Something is happening. He's making a push for mankind. He's making a last just effort to save those that would come in. I'm a little worked up about this. What's the gospel message? The gospel message is so simple Jesus Christ came to earth. God came as man, He walked among us as a man. He was sinless, He was crucified for our sins. He died. Three days later, He rose. He ascended into the right hand of God the Father. And it's simple. Whosoever believes upon his name will have everlasting life. It is a simple, simple message. Whoever believes in him, not the unclean, not the clean, whomever, whoever you are, if you believe in a relationship with Jesus Christ, you will be saved. You will have everlasting life with the Father. That's what it says. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. And that's the true meaning of Christmas. The true meaning of Christmas is God's perfect timing. God's perfect timing because when you look back on your life, when you look back on your life and you look at the time that Christ came into your life, you know it was God's perfect time. It was perfect time that you came in. Sure, I, w- I would have loved now, I would have loved to have been saved earlier. I would have loved to know the things I know that I know now at uh, being a Christian. I would have loved for this to happen earlier. But guess what? It didn't. It happened when God anointed it and declared it would happen. And that's when it happened. I praise God that it happened. I praise God that I'm with him now. I praise that. God's perfect timing, God's perfect gift, God's perfect purpose is what we celebrate at Christmas. Remember that this week of all the hubbub, with all the stuff that's going on in your eyes, and when, when you turn on that crazy boob tube and all the stuff that's flashing through you, remember those simple things as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful season this is. We should be joyous. We should be happy. Our our hearts should be soaring as we celebrate this. We shouldn't be ashamed. We shouldn't be ashamed to say Merry Christmas. We shouldn't be ashamed to say that because we're Christians. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it's the power of God to salvation, Paul said. There's no shame in being a Christian. That's our goal. Perfect timing. Perfect gift perfect purpose. You are a sure hope.
0: You've been listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave has been making his way through the book of Acts, an exciting adventure into the beginnings of the Christian church. These first few days, weeks, months, and years of the Christian ministry were filled with much faith and courage. In fact, the very first martyrs were mentioned in this book. It was an interesting time in history for sure, and just like today, some people were eager to hear about Jesus, and others were looking to put those down who follow after him. What are some of the things that have stood out to you about today's message? We'd like to hear about it. Would you give us a call? Let us know how this message has impacted you. Our number is 609-884-5821. Once more, that number is 609-884-5821. If you're in the Cape May area, you're invited to join us at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. A Sure Hope is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Cape May, and we'd like to get to know you and worship God together this weekend. Check out AsureHopeRadio.com to find out service times. Again, that's AsureHopeRadio.com. And if you can't make it in person, we stream our services live to Facebook and YouTube. Just look for the links at AsureHopeRadio.com. That's all the time we have for today. But we hope you'll join us again on the next edition. Pastor Dave will continue on in the book of Acts, helping you understand and appreciate this great book here on Asure Hope.
1: Up